Mr. Sandman, make him the cutest that I've ever seen. Give him two lips like roses and clover, and tell him that his lonesome nights are over. Sandman, I'm so alone, don't have nobody to call my own. Please turn on your magic beam, Mr. Sandman, bring me a dream. Good evening and welcome to Nox Mente. Tonight's guest is Vince Inzuza, co-founder co and creator at Pacific North Weird, a show on YouTube and other... I'm not sure where else it is, actually. I forgot to ask. Anyway, Vince, welcome to Nox Mente. Hi. Vince, Jerry slaughtered your last I name. totally did. I suck. <laughs> and then it all went downhill from there, Jerry. It did. It was because I wasn't. I didn't have a bio written. That's why. That was over. I'm out of here. This might be the first time Jerry's done the intro without having written a bio. You get that. You get that privilege, Vinny. Oh, I'm an open book. <laughs> this is hilarious. Oh, man. Thank you for being here. As I've already said, it's great. The synchronicities with Rin last week and how you came into my, uh, well, he my needs vision. To, he needs to tell the story of when he met Ren. He was like, well, I, I'm not going to ruin it. But it was like just a purse chance thing. It was. <laughs> yes, was it? do it because Rin kind of gave his version. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, oh, his uh, versions. <laughs> my version is that I remember meeting Ren about eight years ago, maybe seven, in Alabama. And I was on my way to New York City for a class project and decided to stop in Alabama to visit some internet friends. And those internet friends uh, lived with Ren. So I have a brief memory. Uh, he seemed very nice. I, the internet connection, that's hilarious. Well, it's cool that, like I had already mentioned, of it all as you end up back to back and you know as you know we book months in advance am i roboting is my voice sounding oh you're um, always you sound fine okay i feel like i um i roboted out you did for right, a second but... let me um let's get started on nox mente yeah. so all right finney Tell us about the world you grew up in. And what I'm really actually looking for is the things that stick out from your your earliest memories, and if there are dreams in there also, um, the things that really stick out. So the good, the bad, and the ugly. And this can include like TV shows and pop culture references, and also like where, where you grew up. So if we have like country living or city living, all that. Yeah, I grew up in a very small town called Rochester, Washington, um, literally a one stoplight town. And I, I, I was a shy kid, but my, my family was shy too. We were kind of, we kind of just kept to ourselves, lived out in the, out on a nice piece of property next to the forest. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I, I remember, I don't know, Seemed like my my whole environment at that time was very dreamlike. I had a bunch of imaginary friends that you know, I still remember their names uh, today. 
and walking a, a few feet out of our backyard into the into the forest that was a, a dream world as well i mean really good place to to grow your imagination when how did your imaginary friends come to be do you remember like how they came to you or how that all happened yeah i i don't um particularly remember like how they introduced themselves but I get more of the information from my mom's recollection, but my um, I had a cast of imaginary characters and they would all be my right hand and the hand would move in different shapes to represent different characters. And I had this uh, weird language that I'd made up with them. It kind of sounded like uh, it's that, that, that odd looking Muppet with the really long cone-like head and the- Beaker. Left- Beaker, Beaker. Yeah. <laughs> yes. like, like, type of thing. And, uh, <laughs> the, the main imaginary friend, his name was Social B. <laughs> I love that. We would just sit and talk for hours. Are they still imaginary? Well, I, maybe Vince is imaginary now. <laughs> you know, yeah, well, no. that's part of this you show. Know, right? What's real? <laughs> I love that, though. That's, that's pretty great. I, I had... Uh, an imaginary friend too, but I didn't have a whole cast. How lucky. That's your living in this forest out here. Yeah. Well, it made me want to be a storyteller. In, in yeah. That, that, that was fun to come up with plot lines and um, twists and turns. Social B had uh, an evil twin. Oh. I don't remember his <laughs> name, but he, he would he'd be the one I would blame when I did bad stuff. You know, to mine is um the shining the little boy with the finger oh, right, that was right. that yeah. yeah ran around but the finger was always talking anyway so in the picture now i'm going to picture the finger as beaker okay just my own little thing there did you like anything on the tv at all yeah i grew up with a lot of really old tv like my we never had cable never really had we were never anywhere we could really get reception to watch popular shows but my parents i remember having a lot of old vhs tapes so i grew up with uh, old 60s television like the monkeys and the adams family and the oh uh, yeah that's good stuff adam Westenberg. and as far as i was concerned that was the real world that was yes yeah. <laughs> that, that was where pop culture was and would never surpass I'm so with you. We're, I'm feeling you, Vinny. And then later on, um, Unsolved Mysteries, The X-Files. Mm-hmm. I started to, uh, in my find that I had an interest in, in weird stuff and, and mysteries and paranormal things. Those really the, the perfect two shows to grow up to. What, what sign are you? I'm a Scorpio. Oh, well, of course. This, that makes a lot of sense, actually, all that darkness. Did you, um, okay, so back in those days, were you, was your family religious at all? Were you? Yeah, my um, parents were Christian. Um, n- nothing, nothing too out of the ordinary, just kind of their own thing. And- what, but was it like part of, your upbringing or was it just something you guys did once in a while like how deep in it was it like going to church every sunday and wednesday or whatever um yeah it was never um never really a going to 
character type of thing. Uh, I'd say more for my dad. It was pretty, um, pretty essential to his his fabric of being. Uh, but I I had maybe that epiphany that a lot of people get when they're about you know fifteen or sixteen and they start to decide to you know, find their philosophy. And so yeah. maybe the world doesn't uh, doesn't fit with uh, the way your your parents told you. Right. Did you? So where are you on that? All of that now, as far as religion and spirituality and that kind of thing. Uh, in terms of religion, I call myself an agnostic right now. Um, doing the show, I do. I get the I get the opportunity to rub elbows with a, a lot of like the the Northwest New Age community, and yes. while I certainly uh, I don't consider myself a, a member per se of the community, I find something really comforting aesthetically about uh, just being in that going to those little um, exhibition fairs with stands selling you crystals. Um, books on how to uh, summon, you know, ancient uh, chakra demons and everything. I, I find that <laughs> yes. stuff interesting. Yeah, well, of course, I I love the occult. Um, what is? Let me ask Jerry here for a minute. Is Finny roboting for you? Barely, barely. Just you know. I only I'm only mentioning this because I'm going to let our audience know that Vinny is he's doing a show, at, um, and he's in a haunted house. So yes. we might have some. Ghosts, some, is, ghosts. <laughs> some electromagnetic energy. So I'm getting the wobble. Um, so that's a side note to what's going on tonight. So it's watch for awesome. shit moving behind him. And watch his show when he when he posts it. Right. So, um, okay. So back to back to the er early days. Do you have any memories of possible dream experiences, sleep paralysis, that kind of? stuff from a very early age yeah i have a very vivid memory of something that happened to me when i was trying to fall asleep in my room um i must have been about three four at the at the oldest um my mom corroborates this story but what i remember is laying in bed one night and suddenly knowing that I had to like open my eyes and, and look at the foot of my bed. And at the foot of my bed was this blue skinned uh, boy, like uh, with a kind of a slightly large head, kind of these big eyes. And wasn't, was, it wasn't a bird, right? Blue bird? Was not a blue okay, bird. Okay, my... good. <laughs> Just checking. Anyway, keep going. I'm sorry, I couldn't help it. And um, my m mom tells me that's all I remember of that of that event. But my mom tells me that for for weeks after that, I would not shut up about the blue boy that that came into my room the night prior. And I I, re I remember it like it was yesterday. How how tall was it? Would you say? Um, around four feet, probably. Interesting. It's I, I'm I'm chiming in here because I, I make I also I also paint and I paint a lot of stuff that actually happens for me that's strange. And the things that came to me and still do are blue. 
they're not gray and they kind of have that that gray alien look or feel to them but they're not they look mm -hmm. like little kids in a way but they're blue so i find that interesting Vinny. i would love to see some of those paintings they're like baby, yeah. baby hindu gods they well there's something to that whole that the blue was definitely a god thing like a copper and you know, deity yeah are you what, by chance yeah, i was gonna ask <laughs> Go ahead. What, o negative? Yeah. yeah. I mean, are you RH negative by chance? No. Typo. Interesting. Typo Interesting. O positive. Yeah. Typo positive. We have an overwhelming um, number of O's on the show, it seems. It does seem like we do have a lot of O's. And we have a probably fair number of uh, RH negative people. So that a lot. So O positive <laughs> is what? Universal. Not universal. No, I thought they could only have that. Yeah, O positive is universally right. My daughter's that. Yep. And then I'm O negative, which is the donor, universal donor. That's the the drinking stuff. Is that? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I'm kidding. Probably. Oh, man. You're, you're um, like the well drink of blood. Yeah. I am. Come on in. Get a straw. <laughs> um, okay, so this is kind of. No, I want to get back on that blue child for a minute. So were you, when it happened, was it scary at all? Yes. It yeah. was scary. Mm -hmm. yeah, and it was just a, and felt like an intruder in my room. Like it, it felt like something that shouldn't be there. Like I shouldn't uh, have been seeing it. Did it cause you trouble? So you said you thought about it for quite a while after that. Was it like you don't want to see this? You were afraid to see it again? Yeah, uh, according to my uh, what my mom tells me, uh, I, I was just really um, it was uneasy and uh, unnerved by what what happened in there, and I just kept telling her that there's a there's a blue boy living in my room. But, yeah, that's intense. Uh, yeah, I don't, um, I don't remember. I don't remember that. I don't remember telling her about it, or you know, it's hard to remember anything from that age. But like, I do remember. Yeah. The vision. It's interesting. Uh, um, and then from, so when you were having that experience it, in the memory of seeing him, which you said you clearly do remember, um, was there at all any kind of sleep paralysis symptom going on with that? Not that I remember. Okay. I don't remember. Uh... I remember really being aware of my body or what it was doing. I, I think I may have pulled the blankets over my head. Yeah. Yeah, I would do that. I would try to not breathe and be like stone, like thinking like if I made any movement. Yeah, it's like the T-Rex in Jurassic Park. He just played dead. Yeah. Like nothing. <laughs> it's it's Don't an move. <laughs> Go possum. Go possum on it. Yeah. Um, cool. All right, so let's talk about dreams. So, and then we'll, we'll meander into lucidity and all, all the aspects of it. But in general, what's your dream landscape look like? Are you, is it color? Is it black and white? Sound, sense? You know, how does it generally look for you? Always in color, always surround sound. Uh, they're like mini movies. Oh, you get the surround sound. Yeah. A lot of, um, a lot of jumping scenes, you know, mm -hmm. uh, sort of continuing on uh, in, in a different environments. 
Um, so like so, in one dream, you'll be in one scene and then you can jump into like another scene within that same dream? Yeah, or at least that's how they present themselves when I remember them. Okay. You know? And, um, okay, cool. I, it seems like the surround sound is something, I get it for very specific dreams, but it's not always there and it always is amazes me because it feels like there's some it's in my head you know it's in your head um so what about now in now we're just talking in general but have you had a lot of sleep paralysis have you had any i have never experienced sleep paralysis at all and have you gotten any feedback from others that you've been a sleepwalker or a sleep talker um, yeah, I've had a few people tell me that I talk in my sleep, but uh, no sleepwalking that I know of. Okay, cool. Because a lot of times I find what I'm learning, what, I, what I've, I'm learning and, and finding after talking to so many people for a long time about dreams is oftentimes sleep talking is kind of, it is one of the things that can be connected to sleep paralysis. And it, it's a, one of those weird symptoms. It's not necessarily, uh, there's like, there's enough evidence that it's connected into that vein, but there's a, there's a layer where there's fear. So there's that you're coming into, you're having an interaction and then you realize you're having other symptoms like shaking and all this, and then you can't move your actual physical body. And that's when people start yelling out and stuff. Um, all right. What and about freaking out and seeing shadow people? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, that in particular, yeah. Ren brought Ren brought a crazy shadowy experience that was that's haunted me all week. Um, yeah, it was cr crazy. Um, so, what about when you're when you're dreaming? Do you have moments where? you're in your you're just dreaming you've passed normal day worry stuff you're past like the filing and all that and you're actually having a deeper level dream and something triggers lucidity does this happen for you not that i can recall i i've, I've always been very envious of people who um have um experienced lucid dreaming before that sounds really kind of fun but I, almost all the time, I, I seem to be an observer and just watching a little film play out. And mm -hmm. oftentimes I'm in it. You know, oftentimes you know I'm I'm a central character, but they they present themselves as just I remember them after I wake up. Like I, I never I've never experienced that moment where suddenly I'm in the driver's seat and I right. Do you so in the how real do your dreams feel? Let's go at that angle. Most of the time, pretty, pretty damn real. Like I, I often dream of just doing very like blue collar crimes or, or just like lower level stuff, like um, robbing a liquor store or a bank or something. <laughs> yes. I always wake up uh, terrified that I've ruined my life. Like, oh shit, I'm going to prison now for the rest of my life. <laughs> and then there's that wonderful feeling when I realize it's, you know, so like mo most of the time they convince me 
you know. So can you, do you have any, um, any dreams recently that you feel comfortable sharing? Yeah, I just had a very disturbing, uh, very realistic one a couple days ago where I was in a passenger seat of a car and my mom was driving and we were driving through my, my childhood hometown of Rochester um, during the apocalypse. Oh. I, like, serious, like book of revelations, end times type of stuff where we're driving along this familiar part of the highway and it's like we're on top of a volcano that's erupting and there's uh, lava coming out of the ground and things exploding all around us and we had to had to swerve and do some do some action movie driving just to you know, <laughs> but i woke up from that pretty like right in the middle of the night like two nights ago really um scared that so can you can you give us more detail what like so is there more detail to give in that like some particulars the, in the dream, was there a reason why that was happening? Um, I I didn't know uh, why it was happening. Like um, all I've retained from it is really this one, this one sequence of uh, my mom and I driving on um, Highway 12, and mm -hmm. everything's exploding around us, and the the entire highway is turning into lava as we're driving. Oh wow. And that's that's uh, about it. That's intense and so recent too. Well, and then of course you know we're always like out here, where where we live, um, because we live close by people in the world. Um, there is always kind of a threat of a earthquake here, too. So yeah. they're always yeah. saying, talking the big one. <laughs> fault lines. We, I mean, yeah. In the Northwest, we've got uh, volcanoes. Active volcanoes. It, it's apocalypse country out here. Yeah. So when when someone uh, says that that's in this area, I always, you know, that's something I'm gonna keep in the the back because I I think that it's possible that one could be tapping into, um, the earth. Sophia, you know, like what's going on? And certainly if that kind of stuff happened around here, it would look very apocalyptic. It may not affect anyone else out east, but it would be very apocalyptic here. Absolutely. And we have a whole couple generations of people in this area who remember the last apocalypse. Yeah, I know, right? So what on that note though, have you had um throughout your life, have you had dreams that maybe came to pass in some way so we realize dreams are symbolic and then mm -hmm. hmm. you know i i don't think i've had dreams that i would even notice if they had come to pass you know like like most of my dreams are get very fantastical mm -hmm. so like they're they're i i rarely dream of just um a real human being real world moment Mm -hmm. that happens that I would then recognize as happening um, afterwards. That makes sense. Yeah, it does. Well, and, and specifically with you, because I've watched many of your shows and all this, I kind of have a small feel for you, Vinny. But it, I mean, it's a little bit. So I was ex I'm expecting that your, your inner world has got 
fantastical symbols going and there's a lot of that so it, and that's why i even prefaced it with the last stream was like oh that could actually be a big earthquake and that's how it appears so it's just in that um it's in the sizing of the symbols right so something some crazy symbol in your unconscious is really could be something really mundane in the world but it's just how you view it yeah yeah I, I understand that like the way the way i process day-to-day -day life could manifest in uh, these very loud symbols very loud uh, archetypes right what do you think about that though as far as prophecy through dream i think uh i think personal prophecy can happen often with that because i mean I think a lot of people pro, uh, kind of work out um, problems they're having in their in their lives or, or mysteries in their lives through their dreams. Mm -hmm. And I think oftentimes it's pretty obvious the way things will turn out or like part of us knows how something will turn out, you know, mm -hmm. even it, that part doesn't want to admit it. Mm -hmm. And that that uh, there's no secrets in dreams in, in that way. Right. Well, that's part of the magic, I think, is that it's all there. Um, and so with, so I want I'd like to, if you could give us more, um, more dreams that you've had that just stick out. It doesn't matter what time frame. I did like, I, I am more interested in the modern stuff because in case somehow some of this comes true, it's actually on record. Right. Well, here's one I'll put on record. I really hope it doesn't come true. I don't know what it means, and it was really brief, but, like, I had a dream just last week that I was at a restaurant, and um, the waiter served me a human head to oh. eat. And, like, oh, I, Jesus. I started eating it. Oh, my God. You were the zombie in it? I, yeah, well, I wasn't a zombie. It was, like, the thing to do. It was, like, okay. Yeah. Cool. When I know, but it's still like it's the, a bad joke. But you know, when we eat each other, right, right, cannibal. So, what was the I eat cannibal? What was the um, what was the rest of the dream? Do you recall? Um, it, it was just a moment. It was just I kind of woke. Right, I woke up right from that. I was like, wow, am I? Did I just eat a human head? No, I didn't. <laughs> oh, wow. That's a that's a crazy image. I'm sure a lot of people will know if that comes to pass, though. Yeah, but still, I mean, even so, what would that symbol even translate to? I mean, do you remember what the head looked like? No, no. I remember what it. I specifically remember the way it sounded as I was eating it, though, like um, kind of like frozen cabbage. <laughs> what did oh. it, what what did it taste like? <laughs> I don't remember the taste. The, mm. the only sense I remember is just uh, that weird sound. Mm. Cabbage. Like, yeah. I, I I dig that you get the sounds a lot. We don't get a lot of people that speak heavily from that that sense. So okay, and in this dream though, that was like that was normal. This was a normal thing, right? Yeah. Right. Right. That's yeah. interesting. It almost, I mean, it, like, I didn't even order it. Like, it was just brought to my table, almost like when you're at, like, a Mexican restaurant and you just know Get that the chips, chips yeah. are going to yeah. be there. Oh, 
years, years ahead. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, that's gonna, um, that'll spark up all the reptilian folks. <laughs> oh, how do you know? <laughs> <laughs> Vinny, do you have something to tell us? Um, anyway. Well, I, I grew up near Yelm. So. Is there like, what is going on up there? Uh, Yelm is where the uh, Ramtha's School of Enlightenment is. Mm. You know who Ramtha is? Oh, yeah, yes. Yeah, uh, this woman named Jay Z Knight channels this 35,000 yes. warrior spirit yes. from the lost continent of Lemuria in Ramtha. But yes. there's a lot, of oh. a, a lot of talk of reptilians within that community. Mm -hmm. And um, within all, like you, you notice that the, the Cascade mountain range, you've got, you know, Mount Rainier, Mount St. Helens, Mount Adams, all the way down to Mount Shasta. There's uh, around almost every single mountain, uh, you find these new age uh, spiritual communities uh, coming up. Uh, tons around Mount Shasta. You got the East Eddy Ranch by Mount Adams. You got the yes, Ramp yeah. uh, cult around uh, Mount Rainier. And there, amongst all of them, there's this consistent thread that these mountains are uh, bases for UFOs and that deep beneath them, reptilians live. And the reptilians are the evil ones that the, the benevolent um, like aliens are, are trying to protect us from. Like the Pleiadians. Have you done... So... This is kind of sidetracked, but this is kind of how Noxmente is going right now. Um, have you done any, with your show and your research, have you interviewed a, a lot of these people? Have you found anything out regarding any of this? Yeah, we've uh, interviewed a number of people who either attend these events or are part of, of uh, these groups. And I saw you at East SETI, I believe. Uh, you you were at East No, your show, like a show with you there, yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, Is that Gilliland's place, East Sudi? Yep. Okay. Yeah. I always get that confused with Sea Sudi. Anyway, yeah. Vinny. Yeah, go on. Sorry. When, uh, no, <laughs> no. It's a weird Mercury night. Um, no, on that, like, ha have you found anything of interest interviewing these people along the Cascadia? fault concerning this kind of narrative with the underground aliens and reptilian stuff? Well, it's always interesting um, when, when you're, you're interviewing someone and they make a claim that they grew up under Mount Shasta and like they're, they're part of an old bloodline or that they um, psychically communicate with the reptilians out there. There's oftentimes no way to really follow it up yeah and 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 um figure out if it's true or not and by design my show pacific north weird we never try to prove anything one way or the other it's kind of like a a, a sociological yeah. collage of just uh these one of the most interesting people you will ever meet and just kind of yeah like why why they keep on ticking what they do I, i've collected a lot of really interesting stories uh I think if you saw the East City video, there was that uh, fellow, Frank Lupo, who um, went to the ranch just to commune with his spiritual lover, the seven-foot-tall feline alien woman, Bagheet. And he even has a, a tattoo of Bagheet on his, on his arm. And 
uh, I love stories like that. That's yeah, we do too. We, we definitely like that vibe. So in all of this too, have you had, so throughout your life actually, have you ever had any dreams besides the blue boy that were like maybe non-human, maybe reptilian, maybe fits into the, the genre of ETs at all? Right. Nothing that really, nothing as vivid as the blue boy, nothing to where I wasn't sure, you know, if it was a dream or not, or, or if it represented some sort of um, extraterrestrial presence. Okay. Yeah. I, it's interesting to, to think about though, when you, when you're dealing with this area and people around what about so have you so you, you lucidity is not something you find and so i'm gonna i it's an assumption but i don't know so you've had have you had out of body experiences not that i can recall no. and also have you ever um done psychedelics that took you to and like opened up states of consciousness for you outside, you know, blown your mind? Well, my mind's been pretty blown by the psychedelics that I've done, um, as, as I remember, but... <laughs> Jerry, I wish people could see. As usually is the case, yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, I, I ditto, agreed. But, yeah, okay, like, so, yeah. like, in in connection with... Yeah, I mean, they're all mind-blowing to me as well, but... I'm trying to like draw a line between like the state of dreaming and stuff we can do in waking state that kind of, that takes us out of the flesh as well. Like dreaming does. That gets us non-local. Well, I'm not, I'm not quite sure how to answer that one. I didn't get the question. What was it? Psychedelics and altered states of consciousness. So what what have you used that actually made you bilocate possibly or get out of the out of out of Vinny and into whatever the rest of this is? Extra like, what, have I taken, what have I taken that has given me like an epiphany that that has carried yeah. with me? Yeah, like, and then it may be the experience with that. Right. Um, doing LSD the first time was rather profound. Now, um, it, it, it's almost like the traditional story you, you hear from a lot of people who do it for their, their first time. And they, they are uh, you know, pilgrims in this brand new universe this new uh, new way of looking at the world and i thought that was a valuable thing to experience at the age that, that i did and it kind of i think made me a little take take uh take the world a little less seriously mm -hmm. i haven't always lived up to that you know but it, it's a it's a lesson that's up there in my head you know that I, I truly get um really when i first started smoking um marijuana when i was younger that um kind of psychedelically affected me uh, far more than any of your traditional psychedelics. Yeah. 
But I, I find that too. I learned, I think now that that's THC and not the CBD, but I have often found that marijuana for me was a, a gate. It's a gateway, not a gateway drug. It's a gate opener. It's a vortex opener. And it, if you're willing to push through it, you can, it, that's my experience with it. So yeah. I'm with you on that. We rarely get people. I don't think we've had anyone say that about marijuana. It's just a firewall port opener. <laughs> let you get, <laughs> let you escape more easily. It does. It was, I do remember that when I, when I first started smoking marijuana, um, I wouldn't remember my dreams anymore. After that. It, it took a quitting for quite a and, while. Oh, really? That's a common, commonly reported thing. Yeah. But, but you do. So does that, do you still smoke marijuana? Not often. I'm more and of when a you, tincture type of guy. I love CBD. And, um, but when you do, does it affect your dreams now? Or was that just something specific to? You know, I think at the time I was doing it every day. Yeah. I mean, I just don't do that anymore. So I. I... Yeah. That's full on pothead. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's the, disgusting. I mean, the, yeah, right, Jerry. <laughs> Toke up. Um, <laughs> um, oh, man, this is hilarious. So, all right, sleepwalk, Obi. I had to get, I have to get back in order. All right, this is my favorite, favorite bit. Okay, actually, before we do that, I want, I want to talk about night terrors and scary stuff. And do you have any experiences you can share with that if you do have them? <sighs> Yeah, like like just a very scary dream. Yeah, and I mean, you did just give us apocalyptic stuff and eating heads and stuff. That's pretty far the out there. Eating heads thing was like less scary and more kind of funny. I mean, yeah. Um, I do have a very scary, vivid one that I had uh, four or five years ago that has really stuck with me. And this was one of the few times I've had a dream within a dream. Oh. And the... We'll go to the beginning. Um, in my dream, I'm living inside of an RV, and I'm parked uh, in the middle of an empty Walmart parking lot. Middle of the night, I'm the only person there. It's pouring down rain outside, and this is my home. And I start to drift off to sleep in my RV, and then I have a dream. And within that dream, I'm on a... a forest path and it's very sunny out perfect day and around the corner uh this um very beautiful um native american woman but she's like dressed like kind of the hollywood you know like how you, someone would cosplay as pocahontas or something yeah yeah and she, she comes around the corner from the opposite direction and smiles at me suddenly i wake up from that dream and i'm back in the rv and I'm woken up by the sound of the door to my RV opening. And this tiny old uh, octogenarian woman uh, hobbles in and she's followed by this, this you know, like seven foot tall blonde Bavarian man. He, he's mute, doesn't speak. And the woman hobbles up close to my bed and she looks at me and says, if that woman told you she is of the Sioux tribe, then she's lying to you. And then Holy suddenly shit. the Bavarian man teleports and grabs my arm 
really hard. And I wake up in real life from that, like grabbing my own arm, like what, what just happened, you know, that freaked me out. Whoa. Okay. That's, that's intense. This is, um, so you're having these two, the dream within the dream, you've got the woman, the Sue woman in cosplay, like in stereotypical garb. And then in the other dream, you've got the old woman talking about her. That's crazy. And then of course, I can't help but think this, Jerry, that seven foot tall, <laughs> seven foot tall, Pale man sounds like, I mean, with the tall whites, you know, I mean, the alien, oh, back to the alien thing. Right. Um, oh, it's all the same thing. Demons. So. Yeah, no, right. <laughs> whatever, whatever we want to call them, though, like uh, whatever, there's so many languages. The other. Uh, the other. But the, what I find most interesting about this is that communication from one dream within the dream. Back. Yes. That's crazy. Like what sub, was the feeling? It's like a subplot. It is. But they're can you know they they, <laughs> they interconnect yeah yeah what was the feeling um about that when you after you after you woke up in that first initial shock when you were just ruminating on it um after that initial shock i the one part of the dream that really stuck with me and just made me feel the most uneasy is the line that the old lady said like um if she told you she is of the Sioux tribe, then she's a liar. There, there's she's so cryptic about yeah. that. And I, I felt, and I still feel this way now that I was just about to like uncover some sort of mystery or like some uh -huh. really arcane knowledge was about to be uh, given to me. And why would she lie about being part of the Sioux tribe? What's she up to? Yeah. Well, and then if you juxtapose that with like the fact that she was in like stereotypical garb, like, you know, like actual garb. Um, Tribal garb. It, mm -hmm. But still the stereotype of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was almost like it was like a, a joke. Yeah. Like, or something. But the woman was um, Native American. Like It wasn't like a Right. But that is, that's that part of like, you're un getting ready to uncover, get beyond the stereotype into whatever information is really there. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, oh, that's a, that's a good one, Vinny. It's a real good one. Do you have dream within dreams often? I, I seem to think that I've had a few more before or since, but that's the one that really, really stands out to me. Yeah, um, it, it's an interesting concept. I, I I like the multi I like the multi uh, levels that it's working on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, and then that one in particular because it's also went that step further. What about do you have reoccurring stuff going on in your dream dream time? Yeah, there's there's the one recurring environment that uh, has popped up more than once. And yeah, I guess this one is connects to what, a little bit of what we were talking about earlier. Um, I, I have this, uh, this dream world where a big portion of Seattle is in the ocean because of a huge earthquake. Oh. And 
it's years and years after the the earthquake because there's uh, like this platform lift that will bring you down the face of the cliff to a different part of the city. You know, that would probably used to be like uh, where the convention center is downtown, if you're familiar with Seattle. You know? Yes, I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I've returned to that that place several times in dreams. Um, the dreams themselves, nothing's really happening. It's me just kind of exploring this area. Mm-hmm. But um, always at the bottom, there's this um, repurposed, uh, fantastic carnival um, space. You know, like where you would go and uh, win giant teddy bears by throwing little balls into mm-hmm. uh, glass bottles, things like that. It it it, it seems like a like they've uh, repurposed this old dead culture into something kind of new. You know, like I definitely leaping thousands of years into the future. It feels like when I have these dreams. But How long ago did they start? I believe that there was a a good cluster of them that happened um, probably around 2010, 2011, mm-hmm. early part of this decade is when mm-hmm. I went to them. I haven't had one that took place there in quite a while. But. That's interesting, though. Well, there's a lot of, there's also... I'm not saying you were front loaded or anything like that, but there's also been so much talk about Seattle being in the water <laughs> in yeah. the future. So yeah. I find that interesting too. You know, I'm always looking to see that's, I mean, I think I made this clear. I'm always looking to see what might unfold. You said you felt like you were in the, the future thousands of years. Were you like looking back at that event or was that event taking place then? The the, the uh, Seattle falling into the ocean. Yeah, that was just part of the history of the area. Got it, got it. Oh, this is why we have these big platform elevators that go down the straight down the face of a cliff because 500 years ago there was the the bad day, big shake. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the bad day, the very bad day. That's awesome. That would be a good name for a kids' book about the earthquake. <laughs> the bad day the is very so bad day <laughs> oh my god it's like but there's a sense of this one that feels like remote viewing in a weird way and yeah. then of course what is the difference you know that i guess remote viewing is more of like an active thing where you're driving it mm-hmm. right versus yeah. what a premonition yeah when, when I think remote viewing i think of the um, cold war and the, the, the government uh, training people to uh, astrally travel to the Russians to see what they were up to. Right. That, the Basically, that's kind of how it all got Major started. Yeah. Right, Jerry? Isn't that how that all... Uh, allegedly, yeah. That With Ingo the, Swan and all that. He was involved. There were a bunch of people involved. There was a department in the Air Force that, that trained. Um, I can't remember the name of them. I'm sure someone in oh, chat the, remembers. The group, right? The yeah. project, uh, it wasn't Stargate. It might have been Stargate. Might have been Someone's going to know it. Yeah. But they made a movie about them, which is sort of fictitious, kind of. But there are t- there's two guys out of that program who are active. Um, one is Ed Dame's character. Yes. And Dr. Uh, Doom. Uh, Dick, is it Dick Algae or is it Lynn McTaggart? Lynn McTaggart? No, Lynn, Lynn something or other. 
three, three. Which, which one's the Farsight? That's Courtney Brown. I don't think he was involved then. He was trained okay. by them. Because they, after they came out of the Air Force or whatever, they were training people on CRV-controlled remote viewing. Because uh, they had developed a protocol that worked. That It worked. That's what it came out And the Ingo Swan had crazy stories about shit he remote viewed on the moon. Remember? Right. Was this the Manhattan Project? Oh, that's that's the uh, the bomb. Oh man, I get it all confused sometimes. Anyway, so on um in so in the um so that's the main reoccurring set of images you have. Yeah. Okay, and that's very interesting, which, like I said, feels very remote viewing to me, but that you're tapping in. Did I touch on deja vu? I don't think I did. So what do you, do you have them, and what do you think about them when they happen? I get deja vu often, and it um, usually stops me in my tracks. You know, um, it's, And it's almost like you've got like a some equilibrium up uh, up inside of your head, and it it just gets completely knocked off. Yes. For a moment, and you don't even know how to move. Yes. But it's like, but it's, instead of how to move, it's more like how to think. You know, like you, your mind just doesn't work. Um, I've always liked the. I don't know if I believe in it, but I've always liked the the pop culture idea that deja vu is represents maybe a moment where you got something really wrong and went down a bad path in your life and this is your chance to do it right. You know? Oh, see, I wasn't familiar with that. Yeah, I've heard that that theory pop up a lot. And that's, I like to think about that one. That's interesting. So, right. When the, when they happen though, I'm all, I love it. I I just want to push into it. I wanted to, I want to hold it and figure it out because it's such a wonderful experience for me. It's such a mysterical mystery mystical experience that I want to unravel it if I can. Have you been able to ever tie it back to say a dream or something tangible? No, no. It just every time it's just a very profound sense that I've done this exact same thing before. Mm-hmm. There, there's really nothing, nothing I've been able to ever uh, connect it with, uh, nothing tangible in my past. Or, or with my dreams, just um, knocks me off kilter for a second or two. Yeah, I know that it's great. I love it. It's like if I could choose something to have more of. Can you imagine <laughs> what would happen to society once they manufacture a drug that recreates the deja vu experience? I know, it would be crazy, right? There's because it's so well. That we've talked to people that were don't like them, don't like having them, and so. It's um, it's for me. I want more. Imagine a drug that like keeps you in that orgasmic feeling state for hours. (laughs) (laughs) It would destroy sex completely. No one would want to have sex anymore. Like, oh, that was. Wouldn't we get desensitized or something? Yeah, I don't. I don't like. Ah, whatever. I think people would stop going to work. (laughs) (laughs) I'm having an orgasm day. Not going to work. Yeah. A, a mul- uh, yeah, multi. So what do you think about, about 
dreams? What do you think for you? What, what do they, what are they? What is the whole act of dreaming? What does it represent? What do you think's really going on with them? For me, I think it's, I think it's a, a kind of a playground. Yeah. Or, or, you know, playground's the wrong word. It's almost like a, like my brain has a membership to this awesome psychic gym mm -hmm. and this is kind of where it goes to to work out its problems or to entertain itself or to to um a scratch pad a scratch pad yeah that's a good way of like thinking. a 3d scratch pad which may or may not have connections back to here seems like we we're running into a lot of connections this time around yeah, definitely. Definitely. So what do you think waking life is? Waking life as in what I'm experiencing right what, now? Well, moment. yeah, allegedly what we're experiencing right, right now. Well, it, it, it seems whatever it is, it's a hell of a lot more loud and persistent to me than my dream world. Like it, 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 um, it certainly dominates my thoughts. It's interesting you say loud too, especially someone who gets a lot of the audio. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, I guess I, I was using loud as kind of a, uh, um, a bit of a, a metaphor, I guess, where. It, it, I, I know how you meant I know how you meant it, but I was just observing that language also. So do you think is this so this to you is more actually tangible than your dream life and dreaming? Yeah, yeah. I mean, based solely on um the, the information I retain from, mm -hmm. from either world, uh the, the memories I have. Um I would say, you know, the, the basis definition of what tangible is, yes. What are your thoughts on reincarnation? Well, I, I remember some really, really uh, interesting um, episodes of Unsolved Mysteries growing up, uh, specifically this one with this uh, little child, um, suddenly having this intimate knowledge of like a world war ii um bombing mission and and the, the type of plane that this lost pilot um uh flew on, on when he died and i like to think it's that there, there's something to it uh, much like some of the, the any of like the very uh, very grandiose uh, claims that uh, major religions make i i tend to think that they're, they're based somewhere in, in, in their roots on um, something a bit more tangible than that, that easy excuse that people give where, oh, people just make up religion to explain the world. Well, I mean, yeah, but it, people's rituals and the way, and kind of the way we talk about the world, that all comes from somewhere. And mm -hmm. I definitely think reincarnation, uh, it's, it, it begs some exploration. Definitely. When you're, it, oh, de I mean, I can't agree enough on that and on all this stuff that seems kind of intangible on. So if we, if we put it on a scale or maybe like on a, um, 
in the magnifying glass with with dreams right it's his, and, and then we also throw in memory from your life now is vinny um there's there's something about the th- other lives so your consciousness having been not tied to your ego personality now dreams and it's also somehow separate and then memories of your life and where you look back and you've actually have great swatches of memory that aren't you know things you just don't remember and then the funny thing about getting stories from other people is sometimes people remember stories of you that you don't even remember so um i mean this is just a common experience because it's fallible is there some sort of do you see something that ties these together that seems that's telling a, a larger story because we are in the now and the waking does seem acute and present and you know i can cut myself and i'll bleed and it will hurt and i will not ha- be happy about it um you know and but eventually that would this all goes into the past where everything seems to be intangible like the future so i guess what i'm asking is what do you think we are our consciousness and if we tie it into and down to these things that people talk about a lot like 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 dreams and memories and past lives and all that yeah because i wrote let's see if i'm understanding that correctly uh virtually every way and form that we perceive the world um is ultimately uh faulty and and an intangible thing like we can never really know what's real or what's a dream or even if there's a difference between those two things or if we're even asking the right questions or um, putting them in the right categories right mm-hmm. yeah oh, for me i've always found my sense of self of just from the process of pondering those questions you know it's kind of like the you know, like the snake the ouroboros the, that eats itself it's it's us doing and then thinking about why we're doing or or experiencing and thinking about what that means and just that that constant cycle uh that's what it's all about to me so where so then I guess more, um, what is consciousness? Like what, what is, what is this consciousness that you actually are possessing right now that you're functioning through? Well, I think my consciousness or consciousness itself kind of just seems like its own plane of reality, you know, like like a, it, its own dimension that kind of belongs up there and, and with with the the physical ones that we experience and can test out mm-hmm. all the time here. It, it's it's. You know, we've only really ever talked about consciousness as as a people because there's not really much else we can do. We can't really like physically dive in and explore it. And 
It's just this. Yeah, I, I guess as a result, it's remained like this wonderful, mysterious thing that makes uh, makes life m more interesting beyond the confines of scientific materialism or, or uh, um, the realities that we can test in the lab. Uh, right. This is just uh, it's the next uncharted territory. That the ocean and space. I think. <laughs> Are the, are the top three right now. I'm all about the space ocean. I totally. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay, so, and then speaking, so moving with consciousness and this idea of self, which is tied into consciousness, right? There's greater consciousness. There's a lot of layers. Of this. So the idea of self, and we're talking about the nowness, the right now, and um, let's move into death. Okay. And so, and it's partly why I asked about like your ideas on reincarnation to see where you are with that. And what do you think death is? What is that experience about? I used to think that, or I used to be convinced that uh, death was kind of just that that chemical process of your your body doesn't have the spark anymore and mm -hmm. once you're dead you become worm food that, that's it it's just eternal blackness but you're not even aware of mm -hmm. it's just, you stop being and especially from all the people i've spoken with doing my show uh, my father dying um six years ago it's a I'm wholly in the realm of I just don't know mm -hmm. what else there is. But I think what that means is that I, I'm certainly not convinced anymore that there's nothing. I, I'm, I'm, that, that's not a certainty to me anymore. And well, you know, right now I'm in a I'm in a haunted hotel, and yes, <laughs> uh, I've. <laughs> kind of excited about maybe uh, uh, facing whatever it is here head on and kind of just getting closer to this uh, this big mystery. And it's the biggest mystery of, of humankind, what happens to us after we die. That's, it all starts there. And so so I, um, what makes you so convinced they're connected, these... these uh manifestations that you're going to see perhaps or interact with and the afterlife as it were yeah uh, i'm not convinced that they're connected at all but uh, according to the available evidence that that i have you know, those are the leads you got to follow sure. you know, like, i was uh, just curious but yeah no i i i always i always get very mistrustful of anyone in in like paranormal world they know exactly. oh yeah i'm uh, mistrustful right. of that too what's on the other side or what the bigfoots are saying or why the aliens want us to be yeah environmentalists or, or the demon you're talking to is who he's or she says he is or she uh-huh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and three words uh, it, it, <clears throat> you know i i, I one form of media that was so precious to me as a child was little mystery books, you know, like the Hardy Boys and especially oh, yeah. Nancy the investigators, you know, and 
I, I feel like I'm living out my childhood dreams with this YouTube show that I do where I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find some ghosts. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to stay in the hotel room and film myself while I'm sleeping and see what happens and make some off-color jokes while I'm at it. And, and in a way, you get to do this not alone. Yeah, right. Well, this is you making know? me feel really good because when I was sitting here alone before I signed in with 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 you too it's kind of uneasy up here it, you, you, your skin crawls and you feel like there's something behind you <laughs> do you think you're psyching yourself out a bit probably do you probably. have any given evp recorders i've got a zoom h6 which will pick them up pretty decently those are pretty nice all right good do you do you have so if you don't mind can we talk about your papa for a minute sure so when he passed, did and since he's passed, have you had dreams with him? Yeah. Yeah. And they it's never something where he has uh, something profound to say to me or or some message that he wished he could have given me. They're all just so familiar. Like he's there cuz he's supposed to be. I walk mm-hmm. in I walk into a living room of some house that my parents rented when I was a kid. Mom's there. Oh, and there's dad. Of course he is. And it's just been moments like that. Where he's- so there's like a normalcy with him in your dreams. Yeah. Yeah. Do you get emotional in, at all when you see him in dreams? Afterwards, I do. Um, I think in the dream itself, um, he's not dead. He's, yeah, he's not. Um, but like afterwards, yeah, that's I definitely um, feel emotional. I miss yeah. him. Have you? Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm part of the the club, the Dead Parent Club, the club no one wants to be in. <laughs> right. Um, do you? I don't know how much death you've been around, but have you had other dead people or animals also show up in dreams? Hmm. I used to have a Pomeranian Sheltie named Terry. Oh my uh, God, I love that. <laughs> we, we, her nickname was uh, Hair Bear. Which, uh, I, I love Terry as a name, though. That's extra good. And you know, she's shown up uh, a few times, just uh, in much in the same way my, my uh, dad has. Like, she just belongs there. And, yeah, she's just living. You're all just living. It's all normal. Yeah. That's interesting. I'm really um, digging the animal stuff. And so have you had other, I don't know if you've had, I don't know anything about you really. So pets and animals and stuff besides Terry, have you had others that have popped up that may still be alive or that, or while they were alive, they were in your dreams, you know, concurrently. Right. Um, I'd say my, my very first pet when I was very little, um, around the uh, Blue Boy era uh, was this dog named Duke. And Duke was really important and I, I, I know has shown up in, in, in dreams since then. But, you know, uh, growing up in the country, yeah, you got a variety of cats and dogs and uh, yeah. it's, they, they don't um, all uh, have equal real estate in your memory. Right. You know, 
but uh, Terry and Duke were the major ones, and they're they're the only ones I uh, ever remember dreaming about. Do you think so? What do you think about these? So and and kind of moving back into the other realms where death is kind of inhabits. Um, what do you think about the spectrum of places people talk about with death? So, you know, hell, heaven, purgatory, um, you know, just all of that stuff. Do, what do you think about all that? Like, do you, does any of it stick? I, I think it's got just a lot to do with how afraid people are of the unknown of dying and I mean I'd be afraid too it, it, it is it is scary to like have everything you know end you know yeah and you know as a, as a species uh, we've got a got a hell of a guilt complex mm -hmm. uh, crime and punishment and um you know, like, like if if there is an afterlife and there is some sort of reality you pass onto, there no reason it has to be a good thing, or it might be horrible, or it might be great, or it might be something that goes beyond those parameters. You know, so I don't think um, anyone talking about hell or purgatory or any of those tangible things that that has any real basis on what actually happens. Mm -hmm. you know, those, those, uh, those sentiments belong wholly in our waking life. Mm -hmm. What if it turns out that it's what, um, what you expect or what your preconceived notions think is going to be like, there? Like you, make, you make your own reality. Sure. Your own, your own hell. Your own hell, even, yeah. Yeah, that's... I, I would not want to be trapped in the hell that my head came up with. Oh, yeah, we see. Me neither. <laughs> Dude, serve up some head. Wait, that could go many ways. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. I know. Sorry. <laughs> right. Oh, okay. So, oh man, I was totally lined up with my on that ball of thought there too. Um. Hold on, let me just replay where I was going. So, so what do you think? So, with all this said, what do you think about the ideas of like predestination and fate and those kinds of schools of thought? That no matter what you do, you end up in the same place. You know, that Hindus, you know, there's fate, predestination. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd say to to an extent, uh, we are who we are, and, and there's absolutely no changing that. And there's really only kind of one direction that you're going to wind up going. Uh, it feels like we have free will. I mean, it feels like we're we're making these decisions, and you know, maybe we are, but um, you know, like fate, predestination. It's just. Um, Another, it's almost like those religious words of hell or purgatory. Mm -hmm. They, they, after the fact, are trying to uh, rationalize something that we, we we can never really test. We can never really 
kind of go back and do things differently over and over again just to see if there really is a, a destiny or a fate for all of us. But, you know, I, I, I think people tend to... People tend to have blazed their own trail um, from the get-go. Yeah, there's certainly it certainly feels like it to me. But again, these are things we don't know. I like talking about these things that really are not provable. Yeah. In a weird way, this is my favorite land to be in. And and so I wanted to come back. There's a couple places I want to go, and I um I know Jerry too wants to. What do you? What do you think about, so we talked about this, we touched on it, but I didn't actually get where you land on this, on, um, on first of all, ghosts, and then secondly, the UFO phenomena, including the USO phenomena, are we alone thing? I'd, I'd say... Um... In one way, you can answer both of those questions by by saying that we're definitely not alone. I I, I don't don't believe that um, that we're really isolated out here. I, I I think I think it's very likely that we're surrounded at all times, constantly by something that you would either call an extraterrestrial or or a ghost, whatever a ghost is. It might be an interdimensional being or um, whatever happens to the ball of energy in us when we when we expire, but you know, I, I like to ponder that question a lot, just in my day to day life. Like, if if there if there were aliens all around us inhabiting this planet, would we even know, or would we consciously even recognize that this is what's happening? Like, I. I there can be a master race of uh, extraterrestrials running this planet and they're just pure vapor. Right. No. And there, there's that, that go-to line that people always say, like, if there really are aliens, how come they're not visiting us and telling us how to lead better lives or giving us the secrets to their, their, their tech? And I'm like, well, next time you're taking a walk in the park, do you ever get the urge to walk up to a duck and explain? to it what happened on friends last night <laughs> <laughs> rachel wore that sweater again <laughs> i am some people do that i'm sure but have you had any ghost experiences i've had some I had a few bizarre things happen with my equipment camera equipment uh during a few uh um filmings of some Pacific North weird episodes. Uh, I've never had a full-on um, visual um, experience, but yeah, some uh, a few like odd things with the lights, but nothing I'd write a book about. What about, um, have you had a UFO experience? They're kind of in the same realm to me. That's why I'm tying them together. Right. The, the only times I've ever seen things up in the sky that I just could not <clears throat> explain has that it's all happened at the East Seti Ranch. 
um, mm -hmm. James Gilliland outside Mount Adams. There's, yeah, I've been up there. There's the um, the Druid Sanctuary. I go up there every once in a while. That's like across the street almost. Oh, cool. You should interview them. They're pretty right, great. Right down that street, someone painted a reptilian on one of the big rocks. Oh, really? I guess I didn't yeah. notice. Been there at least for the past three years. So, so what I've, is it about his uh, his space there? that makes it so attractive to these things. It seems like there's something really different about the uh, atmosphere around that volcano. The energy surrounding. That's what my eyes tell me when I'm looking up at these lights. What if it's that these things are everywhere and at that spot, because of whatever, they're visible to our eyes? Yeah, that's certainly a possibility in, in many ways. You have a, you have like such a lack of light pollution in, in a spot like that. You're by, out by Trout Lake, Mount Adams. Yeah, it's beautiful. Here, you know, and there's a lot of times when you're when you're strolling through Seattle or Portland or Olympia, don't, people don't look up. Right. Don't, you know, like, right. 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 They're looking at their phones or they're talking or they're trying not to get hit by cars when they're they're crossing the street. And uh, you're, I think you're right. They're, they're probably same with ghosts around us all the time or up there all the time, but you're just not going to see it if you're not looking or if you can't see it because right. of all the skyscraper lights. Right. And you can see a lot of phenomena with night vision goggles or infrared. If you watch the sky, there's, there's tons of shit up there. I don't know, I don't know what it is, but they're around. They're flying yeah. around. It's crazy. They're a busy, busy world. Yes, I did see. I, I so in in my trips up to White Mountain Druid Sanctuary, there's also a Buddhist sanctuary. There love there are partners that kind of have the space into it. it's impressive, because it's right there at the base of Mount Adams, and you know how beautiful that is. Um, I I've asked people that have gone to those rituals there when I've been there, if especially people that live there and it's so strange because none of them have had any experiences and here we are we're talking people that are open-minded but they didn't and and then ironically i saw what i think was the first cloaked mothership i've ever seen in my life up there and you know they everyone's having their potluck it was after the ritual it's got a whole stonehenge there they've put up a circle of stones really impressive and um, I'm out there with my friend Mel, and I see this dark, 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 dark cloud. All the other clouds are moving. This one's not. And I'm like, what? okay, wait. All the other clouds are moving. This one's not. Rerun. All the other clouds are moving. This one's not. And so, and then like an hour later, all the other clouds were moving, and this one was still there. And then when we left, which it was pitch black at that point, you could still see it. It was dark, dark, dark. And um, I photographed it and stuff, but it, it looks like a cloud. And if I try to show you the photograph, you're going to say that's a dark cloud. So, and I didn't, I didn't take video, but it never moved. So my rational mind is like, it's a cloud. And then my my mind that's trying to my mind is trying to fill it in the rational mind saying that's just a cloud but it, it didn't move in like four hours at all and the whole sky had cleared and moved and rained and come back and right there at mount adams that's so weird. that's in my list of strange things at mount adams there's been a couple but that one is the my first 
big experience where I thought, hmm, there, that is something there. And it was, of course, a strange shape, too. Was it one of those clouds where it was almost shaped like a saucer? It had, yeah, it had like an ovalish feel to it and look to it. And, but there were some, there's some parts that seem rigid behind the cloud. The cloud itself seemed very weird. And then there was darkness around it. So it was definitely like it had put, I don't want to, I don't even know. I was spending a lot of time trying to feel, now I, I'm a light drinker and I didn't have anything that night. Um, and you know, marijuana is just every once in a while. So, but I, so I was just completely natural niche and shampoo by natural niche. And, um, and so I was really trying to observe with my naked eye what the, the cloud didn't look right. First of all, it seemed, um, almost like a digital simulation, if that makes sense. Like it was a holograph in a way. And my friend Mel was also, we were both, she, she, you know, we're having the same, I had an agreement there with her. And so, yeah, but it had an oval shape, but there seemed like there were jagged bits too, like um, right turns and stuff under the cloud. The problem was it was at dusk and then into night. So it was hard to get a lot of clarity. Right. I'd still like to see that photo. Yeah, I'll dig that up. Uh, oh, I've got a lot of good ones from Mount Adams like that. But you look at the photo and they, it just like clouds. <laughs> I have some good photos. Anyway, so that's that's Mount Adams, by the way. I don't know why I got on that tangent because it was I don't think I've ever told that on the air. Uh Oh, you've released the demons. It's weird. Well, no, the reason I'm saying that, though, is because no one at the sanctuary, they said they've never seen anything. And, I, and they didn't even know Isedi, what Isedi Ranch was. So I'm like, oh, you know, there's this, there's this famous place right over here. It's not even a mile away. They're, the sanctuary is actually closer. It's at the base of Mount Adams, so it's closer. Mm -hmm. um, oh, okay. it's, out there, it's like south. Of it yeah, too. Jerry, yeah. did you find it? You probably found it online. I've, I looked at it because I, uh, I was going to go there for a thing at one time. It, but did you look at the White Mountain Sanctuary? No, no, I, I will. White Mountain Druid Sanctuary. Um, but so I, that's what I, I've always, I've been dealing with like, why don't these people see anything? They obviously look up their druids practicing out there in the night and in the day and and they're out there, it's the same environment, it's the same place, it's the same mountain, it's Trout Lake, and everyone over here at Isedi is always having these experiences, and so there's this weird disconnect in how come these people aren't, and how come these people are in the same area. Yeah, I've, I've pondered that too, you find that. So it's kind of an open question. I wonder if uh, maybe these people really are all seeing, you know, the, the same thing, but like they, it changes their lives in different ways. Yeah. You know, or maybe to the point to where maybe, they, maybe they're seeing the same thing, but they don't see the same thing. 
Well, with the cloud experience that I think was a cloaked ship of some sort, that you just, if you're just looking at the sky, it really does look just like a cloud. So you're not even going to question it, except for the fact that it's a strange cloud and it doesn't move. But um, you're just going to, you you just don't question it. So other stuff that people see at ESETI, which is actual non-cloaked stuff, you know, there's the videos, there's all kinds of testimony with that you know, they're really experiencing that. And so, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes I wonder about cognitive dissidence with these things. What the mind wants to fill in. Right, right. Or what the mind wants to avoid. Yes. And then hence filling in, filling in everything around it to push it away. Right, right. So Vinny, do you at all think about like, um, multi-dimensional stuff multiverse sim theory all this kind of woo stuff yeah i think about it often i i I love that topic we love the woo (laughs) this is usually what our post is about is the woo um well all right baby bring it on (laughs) well uh did we did we cover if you saw bigfoot yet or have encountered anything we yeah um i've never seen bigfoot myself although i've only been on one like let's find bigfoot expedition um i i instead like to write hip-hop songs about bigfoot <laughs> i saw i saw that i really enjoyed that <laughs> or go to uh, bigfoot festivals and and fill out with the with the uh, the Sasquatch hunters, they're, the Squatchers, they're, right? Squatchers, yeah, yeah, they're they're a fun bunch. Yeah, um, but you, there's there's a big connection between Bigfoot and alternate dimensions as well. Uh, yes, one of those interesting things that I find about the community is the the division within the community. There there's the science minded apers, and then there's the woo woos who think that Sasquatch. Um, is an interdimensional being that can cloak itself, uh, that can speak to us telepathically. It works with the aliens on mining precious minerals from our our planet. Um, That's crazy talk. Well, <laughs> you know, just just think about what I said before: how Isadi Ranch may work in the opposite of what we're thinking—that they're there all the time, but in that area they're visible. What if what if Bigfoot's the same way? Like. In those parts of the forest, the energy or frequencies are such that he can be visible by us. Yeah, I could be something. It could be something that simple that he's there all the time. We just can't see. It's like uh, you brought it up earlier about other other things. You didn't actually say this, but what you're talking about, like other things, are overlaid on our reality. Other beings live here in this reality with us, but they're shifted somehow. We can't mm. see them out of phase, if you will. So maybe that's just the thing. And in these spots, they're energetic enough that it, it makes them vibrate at a frequency that our eyes can pick up. That's- yeah, the, the, the guard is let down. Yeah. Yeah. There, yeah. Um, although, like, you, there's, there's rarely, in, in Bigfootery, there's rarely a hot spot. You know, there's people who claim there are hot spots, but there, mm-hmm. there's never um, one spot where you, you, you go to this riverbank, you know, at, at 
this part of the Olympic National Forest, that's where you're going to see squatches. It seems to be varied, like just really anywhere that there's somewhat dense forest, eventually there, there ends up being a Bigfoot report. You know, so many people have gone to that Bluff Creek area where the Patterson and Gimlin got that 1967 footage. Right. Don't really find it. Which, there. hasn't that been proven a hoax footage? No. No. Well, was that the one that they did the uh, skeletal reconstruction on to see if if a creature could move in the way that that thing moved? I remember yeah, seeing I think that. that. And there was this one... Uh, this guy named Hieronymus, I think was his first name, who claimed to have worn the the particular suit. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. But but um, it's it, the, the Patterson Gimlin film. That's one of those one of those things that people make so much money off of that I don't really trust anyone about yeah. anything they have to say about it. Like it, it's it's just too much in, in the pop culture. It's just a clusterfuck trying to navigate like. With who's telling right what, what's the real story here yeah bob gimlin's a nice guy if you ever get the chance to meet him at a bigfoot festival he's he's a pretty cool cat have you ever met uh what's his name lauren coleman not is that i haven't met lauren coleman no he never really comes to the northwest like he, he, I thought he lives there no he lives in portland maine oh, oh okay <laughs> the wrong portland, wrong Jerry. portland oh okay <laughs> what do i know all these portlands there's too many parts. I think there's one in every state. There's a, There are several cities that are, exist in every state. It's weird. Mm, Rochester is one of them. Rochester. Yeah, I immediately think New York or Minnesota with that. Not and, Washington. Yeah. So what about, what about like sim theory? Can you explain that to me? Jerry? Uh, the idea is that the universe, it stems from quantum, the quantum theory, right? That, that there's a, a zero point where everything kind of manifests from. And that matter really doesn't exist until it's observed. So as things are, in, in a way, that makes it a virtual environment because what you observe becomes tangible other than what you don't observe. And the growth out of that becomes the whole universe is a holographic projection of consciousness. And that's the theory. Okay, it's yeah. got a lot of traction, by the way. Yeah. yeah well, I mean, it, it, thinking about that uh, kind of forces us to really even examine what we mean by like what real means, you know, or what. <laughs> yeah. Or dreams or within it. this thing. Yeah. Right. I mean, there, there's, there are countless people who who offer theories of what this is and what it could be or what it isn't um ranging from uh, a genetic life review that you're playing in real time <laughs> that we're all going through that's lovely or you know to just a video game because we're bored but we got stuck or someone else is bored well <laughs> are, we're in this video game universe and because we're bored above and we forgot we were in here and we're kind of stuck Oh, okay. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's, it's a... it runs the gamut, the ex explanations. But if you just look at the whole, you know, that based on what what our our science quote unquote scientists are telling us, it's a it's a virtual reality. I find it fascinating that we can see that horizon with our current 
technology, our, our current rate of inventing things to amuse ourselves. That can <laughs> be a possibility. Um, maybe like with my grandchildren, you know, well, my grandchildren can have the opportunity to lose their consciousness inside of a video game one day. It's so crazy. If, if we aren't already, we could be 10 levels deep for all we know. It's like that movie, yeah. The 13th we're, Floor. We're constantly self-referencing ourselves with whatever we're doing. Exactly. Keep on venting our own prisons. <laughs> it's, it's there, uh, have you ever seen that show Rick and Morty? Um, like one episode someone tried to show me. You'd really like it. You'd probably like it. There's an episode that deals with like that. This concept of a universe within a universe within a universe. A lot of things relate back to Rick and Morty episodes. It's crazy. <laughs> That's where you go for the truth. It's unfolding in Rick and Morty Or episodes. Futurama, one of the two. It's hidden away in there. I've never watched Rick and Morty, so I don't even know what the little guys look like. It's animation, right? Yeah, yeah. Dirty, it's naughty animation. You'd like it. I remember it being very naughty. <laughs> it's very naughty. Well, that's cool. So you said you hadn't seen a, what's it, a class five floating vapor yet? A real nasty one? It's up to class fours. Okay. Man. That sucks. That's too bad. We'll have to take a whip around with the, the audience to manifest you some ghosts tonight. Yes, please. I, I, need, I need that. I need some action to happen. Got to push this episode out to 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. Okay, so Vinny, what is the most far out, like in the land of woo-woo, mm. where's the, where are your far reaches? Where are my far reaches? Yeah, so, um, you know, talking multiverse, ET stuff, sim theory, all this stuff, where do you actually push it to? as far as what, and all of this is really tr us trying to understand what's going on, right? Mm -hmm. It's all kind of us as humans, if we are human. Um, we're we're, we're trying to understand it. Yeah, so are, are you asking like... Uh, so what, what are the craziest theories you actually think might be possible? Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Um, I like to think a lot about um, both Sasquatch and the classic gray extraterrestrial as um, kind of evidence of, of time travel in, in a way. Oh, uh, yes. Or, or at least rips in the fabric where we can see either the past or the future. Because I, I think we need Sasquatch and the, the, the gray man. Um, I, I think they're kind of us on opposite ends of like an evolutionary spectrum so like they're they're almost products of our um ego they're products of our psychology that is trying to understand our place in evolution our place in in this petri dish here and i i, I think there's a, a definite tangible connection to why we keep seeing these things and that, that's that's lately the the wild interdimensional thing that i've been pondering at least for the past couple of years yeah i agree i i think that i mean if we just look back historically we see we see the evidence for cryptos and uh, and the un, the other 
play out through fairies or, you know, trolls, wherever you are, there's always whatever culture you're kind of diving back to. There's always sort of the otherness that's, that's playing concurrently with the humans at the, at the time. So whether that's imagination or real, it's some sort of polarity going on. Yeah, and then they're <clears throat> the way the way they manifest as as entities or, or or pieces of folklore or whatever. It's always completely dependent upon the state of society at that moment. Yeah, Do right. you think, as a group, we can manif we're manifesting this stuff like just unconsciously? If we all buy into it, we all think it's possible. Is it possible? Yeah, I, I think that can make it as real as anything else. Certainly. It's like a mass hallucination. Well, what if what if it's the whole consensus reality effect that we as a as a as a collective agree that this is our reality, so it continues this way. But if we all agreed it was something else, it would change immediately, instantly, because it's the I, the concept, the idea behind it is that you, we the consciousness is dreaming this reality, mm -hmm. projecting it. Holographically. So maybe like, <laughs> a, a, right. So like once a preponderance of us start to lean towards a new idea that's kind of like a software update. Yeah, there's got to be some kind of hundredth monkey effect. But because everyone's so split up and language is broken apart, it's hard to get those kind of consensuses. But some of this stuff's even been proven scientifically that it occurs, not that it's a science fact yet, but... <laughs> Um, how what do they call it? Like some Maharishi effect, I think they call it. That's what I've they, heard. It. Enough where they know that there is something happening. Yeah. 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 Plus, there's whole, you know, the whole magic stuff. Mm hmm Which, I mean, they're, at one point, they're kind of the same thing. They, sh they share common roots in whatever system they belong to. I think. I think I think the hundredth monkey thing is a lot of, I mean, that's, you know, what about, <laughs> when it, oh man, um, dude, it just <laughs> slipped out of my head. <laughs> it's a bimbo moment. You're losing moment. it tonight, lady. What's going on? Know, dude. <laughs> it's a bimbo moment. Um, and maybe I need to eat more. Um, maybe. No. <laughs> <laughs> it was like you wouldn't say that if you saw all this jelly, but um okay, so Jerry, where was I going with that? I have no idea. What was the I don't remember what the question was. No, it oh 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 oh, oh, oh. you asking you asked him what his ideas were on what's going on, what are ghosts, what's this paranormal what what's going on with paranormal activity? What is it? Well, no, this is what I want to get in. So this is kind of controversial. And um, I'm curious. So I've been wanting, I ask a lot of people this way. I'm curious. Um, I haven't been doing it on online. And so where do you land on the whole moon controversy, controversy? That did we go there? Did we not? What is the moon? That, all that stuff, is which I'm hollow? sure you're aware of. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, fairly traditional and all that. I think we went to the moon. I, I, I think the, uh, the there's that uh, main theory how the moon needs to be part of the Earth and something hit it and it, it broke off and now it's kind of uh, attached to us. 
through gravitational forces. Um, I, I don't put too much stock at all into the Sam Kubrick filming the, the moon landing or it being filmed on a sound stage in the valley. Come on, it's a good story. It's a good story. Well, it's all good stories. It's we don't know in either way. Like, I mean, really, we don't actually know. <laughs> we can't know so, because they destroyed all the tapes. But I don't. I don't have a solid. I don't have a solid on it. I don't. But I like to talk about it. You know what I'm saying? I like these are interesting subjects. So, and then for that matter, do you? What do you think space actually is, Vinny? I think space is kind of like a big soup and we're all just our planets are like the peas and like the little alphabet chunks that are floating around in it mm -hmm. i can pull up to that <laughs> the we liquidy campbell's reality <laughs> yes totally well that's like we could get a billion people to just project that out and maybe it would have maybe it would be real maybe it's just raw unprogrammed quote-unquote space unprogrammed space yeah like, like if it's virtual reality it's just the void we, we haven't all we've done is mathematically defined it we haven't actually really gone out and looked at it because everything has been observed by devices looking at radio frequency you know like the hubble and whatnot so i mean maybe it's just uh, my my issue with space is you never see stars anywhere outside of the or outside of the atmosphere even with that new SpaceX thing that just came out, no stars. So well, I think that hmm? Elon in his car is going to find some stars for us. But if there's so many stars down here, you should see 10 times more up there. Uh, whatever. I don't know. It's, but but th that's, it may, that was my thought was it's maybe just empty because we haven't been past that, that, that whatever threshold to make it like the fog of war when you play a game. We're, you know, Earth, all around Earth is uncovered because we've been around there, right? But we have been out to the, to these other places where the fog of war is covering up, if you know what I mean. Yeah, it goes back to what you were saying before about the, the ghosts or the, the aliens or Bigfoot. They're kind of, it, it's all around us. You know, it's all there. Yeah. It just hasn't, um, hasn't loaded yet. Sure, it could be tons of things. It's probably most likely stuff we never thought of, too. I don't think it, we're going to find out and go, oh, fuck, I was right. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, no. <laughs> or it's something we can't understand. I don't know. I don't know. Or they're going to quote this episode of Nox Mente at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> they figured it out all the way back. Dude. <laughs> so um, I got a question. So uh, with, your, with your good friends, your normal friends, what, what subjects would you avoid speaking about? Oh, with <laughs> with muggles. Yeah, you know, I don't. I mentioned to a barista this morning that I was on my way to explore a haunted hotel. I don't really hold it back with anyone. Like if they ask, <laughs> spend the night alone in. in a... That's that's not even that unusual these days with the the amount of you know, reality type ghost shows and whatnot. Uh -huh. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah, there, there are certainly uh, paranormal hobbyists. Oh yeah. For sure. 
have you have you seen I, tend to like, I guess in like in like when i'm trying just to get by the day you know i i i probably like avoid talking about serial killers yeah okay good enough and yet there are serial killer hobbyists there are yeah. there's there's uh cards collectible cards you can get i have a i learned that from the adams family actually <laughs> that was a good movie. oh my god i love i love all things adams family I just like Christopher Lloyd as Fester. He's my favorite. I had the greatest Christopher Lloyd as Fester T-shirt when I was in middle school. Oh yeah. Oh man, Big dude! Ball. I took up my entire torso. Yes, <laughs> and he was so great, so yeah. great. That's funny. God, that was so, Raul Julia. Yeah. Raul Julia. I was so sad when he died. He was such a great Gomez. Come on, it was an Illuminati sacrifice. You know it. Vinny, is this true? No, I'm <laughs> From my sources. Come on, Vinny, fess up. We know you're in the in crowd. Raul Julia is. Raul Julia and his clones are currently living under the Vatican. <laughs> That's what I was expecting to hear. Now we're getting the real juice. Vinny's bringing it out. <laughs> the club of seven. Ever down there. They've got a secret tunnel to the Louvre from the Vatican, right? So, okay, is it possible that this whole experience of life is a dream? I'd say that's certainly possible. There, um, uh, someone somewhere that had that that parable about the the man who falls asleep and dreams that he's a butterfly, and then from then on he doesn't really know which way it is. Is he a butterfly? Is he a man? for all we know, which isn't a hell of a lot, it very well could be. But does it, what do you think about that? Like, is it something you're like, eh, no, I don't really think so. You know, what's your gut reaction with that? Uh, my gut reaction is no, it's not. Not in the way that we understand dreams. Not yeah. Call it. It's something different. It's just as magical and weird, but. Yeah. Something different. So, Jerry, did you ask if people have questions? No, I will. Definitely ask. Also, so... Thread. um, How do I... I think in reviewing all this, I think I actually got... See, some of these things, like I have on my little outline, you you answered, like, in the first 10 minutes. Uh (laughs) Like... You like knocked out five of my my general talking points. So, but the the dream idea of um, the Australian dream time and all that. Are you familiar with all that? I'm not. What is that, Jerry? Will you fill Vinny in on that? Why do I have to do all the filling in? I don't know. Because you're so good at you're like so good at the like. Dream time is the. Uh, Garden of Eden, I guess, of the Aborigine people in Australia. I would say Garden of Eden, the mental Garden of Eden, the Nirvana-ish thing. It's where this this plane emerged from that dream time at some point, and I think they're it's cyclical. You go back and dream up a new one, but everything manifests from that dream time. This is their oral tradition over yeah. thousands of years. I, it's it's like justified. Creation story. 
Yeah, but it's mm. over and over. It happens again and again. They're saying this is a dream and that we're dreaming ourselves. And so that's where I actually wanted to lead was into time travel. Like, what are your thoughts on on time travel? Because that's also scaling our experience, right? Of, of living life with a, a timeline. Time travel definitely ties into a timeline and whether or not you believe it's cyclical it's still moving along the line even if it's a circle yeah you you uh kind of went robot there for for a moment i didn't get that whole question um so what about like time travel and all that kind of stuff that we can access do you think it's possible outside of say dreaming prophet you know like prophetic dreams is definitely a way of time traveling and so is RVing because our remote viewing um because you're you're actively participating or actively seeing something on a future timeline or a past timeline but is do you see this as a is there more to it than just this kind of etheric idea of time traveling is it possible in the world of I think it, I, I think it is possible I, I think time Time is a thing that can be conquered, potentially. There, there, there are so many other things that we take for granted now that, that we, we do every day or that we hear about happening every day. That, you know, when, back when they were etheric ideas, it seemed like magic, seemed completely impossible. Mm -hmm. And with, with time travel, there's always like two major um, versions of it. You know, like certainly it, it, it I think it's easier for us to envision traveling to the future more so than traveling to the past. But the future is simply like you, you, you freeze yourself and you wake up. You, you know, I mean, it, it, it's something that along those lines you could achieve. Uh, going back in time, that, that, that's, we're going to have to really conquer that. that you know, if that's going to happen. I, I don't know. I, I, I think that they're, it's in the realm of possibility. I, I like to, to daydream about it, but I, I don't know how they do it. So you think of time as a construct? Sorry, what? Do you think of time as a construct? So you think of time as a construct? Yeah, I, I think uh, culturally we, we, uh, we use the word time in a lot of different ways, but yeah, th there's... It's a construct on on a certain level, but I do I also think the the idea of a timeline of a sequence of events that could be like a tangible thing that with the right like laser or machine that we make you know could manipulate it could allow yeah. us to maybe go backwards in that timeline. Uh, backwards. There, there's a scientist who claims it's entirely possible, and he's built devices to do it. Is uh, David Anderson is his name? I haven't heard that name. Nobody has. I don't. I <laughs> he disappeared too. Apparently, I don't know much about him, but he's all the good ones do. Yeah, those are my favorite time travelers. The ones that <laughs> disappear. The disappear. Right, right after they call Art Bell. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we have a time traveler. No, uh, this guy actually was. He's he has a YouTube video or two where he's talking about the technology. And if you look at like secret government programs, if have you ever heard of? Um, Project Pegasus. 
Was yeah. It, yeah, that was a time travel project, allegedly, supposedly. Um, there's a guy named Andy Bishago who yeah. talks yeah. about it, yeah. And it seems more from his description that it was, I don't know, I've heard him say it both ways, but it seemed to me that they were put into a an area where the past was holographically projected around them. They couldn't interact. They weren't really there, but it was an immersory thing. Like, think, you know, full room VR kind of thing. Think holodeck on Star Trek, okay? They went into a holodeck of a replay of history. So in that way, I mean, I could totally see it time, tra time travel. You can't go back and tell yourself to open a bank account or buy Apple stock in 1983 or whatever, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Maybe like the Back to the Future, the Sports Almanac. There's too many paradoxes that happen if, if time is an actual real thing. You know, it could also be that when things happen, if, if someone was to go back in time, it would split off, branch off the universe into another universe. Yeah, you make copies of yourself. This is a whole new bubble on the multiverse. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that way, there's no paradox. Cause you, but you can never go back to your original timeline. Maybe. I don't know. It's all fodder. Okay, I've, so I I've have one last. <laughs> I have one last thing in the dream realm, and then if we don't have questions, you know, it's a wrap. This is my favorite, and um, my favorite experience is: Have you ever had a wet dream? What a way to wrap it up. <laughs> um, well, Everybody's had one. Uh, oh, I... Yes, a ghost wet dream. <laughs> Yo, know, that that's. That's rather funny, because this definitely isn't a wet dream, but it, it uh, reminds me of like a weird childhood memory thing. Mm -hmm. uh, long time ago, in Lakewood, Washington, there was a um, shopping center called the B&I Shopping Center, and they had an actual gorilla that lived there, <laughs> Ivan the Gorilla. Oh my god. Uh, and, <laughs> When I was a little boy, man, Ivan was the coolest thing ever. My parents would take me. He'd be in like this big glass cage in the corner of this weird shopping mall. In my so strange. Yeah. So like, he was my boyhood hero. You know. And, yeah. Uh, I had like an Ivan T-shirt and, and all that. <laughs> so I don't remember this at all, but my my mom sure does. Uh, <laughs> I, I was maybe like you know three or four, um, and I, I come out of my room. I got my little overalls on and I I'd clearly wet my pants. And <laughs> my mom pointed it out and was like, Vinny, did you, did you wet your pants? And I, I adamantly insisted that I did not. And that what had really happened was that Ivan had crawled into my room and started licking <laughs> my crotch area. It's <laughs> awesome. That's, that's my wet dream. <laughs> oh my God, that's great. <laughs> I totally forgot my question now. I, well, it's been like that with Finny tonight. I've been sidetracked so many times. <laughs> um, that is awesome. That's 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 a good one. So, and that was your excuse, though. Was that real? Like, did you have the dream experience that Ivan did that, or was that you were just playing that off? Oh, I'm sure I was lying. <laughs> yeah. So you did totally. actually wet your pants, or was it a wet dream? It, it wasn't a wet dream. I actually wet my pants. I, I don't so know. It was wet a pee 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 dream. 
It was a urine dream, a urine fantasy. <laughs> In the Midwest, it's a, called pee pee. <laughs> Is it? I'm sorry, I'm such a stranger mood tonight. Uh, um, all right, well, that I'm all good. Yeah, cool. Awesome. I hope, I really hope that you get some ghostly stuff going on in there. Yeah, so do I. We're ha- told everyone to think positively. We're going to yeah. collectively make a ghost, right? By thinking, thinking it up. <laughs> yeah, there's tons of shit moving around behind you, so you should have fun later. That little, yeah, that, I'm excited for some things to happen. Um, very shortly, I'm being told that there's a few people downstairs who want to. Uh, Sweet. Pacific North Weird for. Oh, cool. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, great. Well, have a great time interviewing them. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Do you have any uh, plugs? Yeah. Go to PacificNorthWeird.com. That takes you to our YouTube channel. Please subscribe and share the videos. Yeah. And I have links to his channel in the description. You guys can all check him out there. And thanks again for coming tonight, everyone. And next week, I'm pretty sure our guest is going to be Jenny Moonstone. But I haven't confirmed yet, but that's the plan. So we will see you all next week. Have a good night. Thank you. Thank you.